with another episode of currently binging the podcast about all things TV and movies. If you're listening for the first time, welcome. Make sure you hit that subscribe button on whatever platform you're listening to my voice on. Also, take a few extra seconds, rate, comment, all greatly appreciated. So, super excited. You guys know it's going to be a fun episode where we're talking teen dramas and new teen shows. I don't know. It's just like, clearly there's been a lack of at least bingeable, crappy teen. Not necessarily saying this one is crappy. And also not saying all the ones I talk about are crappy because you know, we all have our own opinions, but I feel like there's just been a lack of bingeable teen shows, like even on Netflix. Cause I feel like last year, even though everything was slow on like the movie side and then in the um like network TV side, I still felt like, like I was watching things because we had Love Victor, we had Outer Banks. Like I just feel like there was a continuation or a continual drop of new teeny bopper shows. I hate to call it teeny boppers because the shows I'm talking about are like super dramatic. Someone's dying or dead. <laughs> <laughs> there's some type of mystery involved but anyway so I think that's what I have been missing and because of that when I see things come up in my feed on wherever I am whatever streaming service I'm on and it looks like it's my um genre <laughs> then I will watch the trailer and even when I'm like I don't know if I want to watch this I will still give it a try. So Panic, which is what we are talking about today, came across my, um, what is it? Apple TV Rex. One, Amazon Prime, I don't really go into it as much unless something shows up in the Apple TV feed and then I'll watch the trailer then I'll be like, oh, I'll watch it. Or the only other case is if there's something that I know is going to be on there then I'll go on there and watch it. Otherwise, I usually, for the most part, am not in Apple Prime. One, I've discussed this before, I just hate how everything is organized in there. And I also feel like, I mean, I see them trying to get better, but I still have so many complaints just on like how their recommendations are, all that stuff. So I would just rarely go in there. But anyway, <laughs> so Panic came across and I was like, I mean, I, I do have things to watch. You guys don't understand how far behind I am on my network TV shows. I discussed this a little bit in the, in the previous episode, but I have just been so disappointed <laughs> this season to the point where I feel like I have been forcing myself to continue to watch a lot of these seasons of TV and more so on like the CW side, which is surprising because I usually really enjoy those shows. But I just think it's just been like the the timing, the schedules, all that, the gaps. And that's across all the networks. And I know like the pandemic plays a part in that, but I'm still like, I don't know. So it's been a struggle. I am so far behind, like five, six, seven. One of them I was looking at, I was like, oh my gosh, I only watched the first episode and never came back. And now <laughs> the season is over and I have like 10 plus episodes to watch. So yeah, I am so far behind. But anyway, so I was like, oh, I don't have anything to watch. I'm doing air quotes over here. And so I saw that and I was like, so I saw it 
because it came out this past weekend. So it came out May, what is that? May 28th? What was Friday? 28th? <laughs> it came out May 28th. And so by the time I saw it, it was pretty late at night. So I'm going to forewarn you right now, along with some other forewarnings that I usually generally do. But <laughs> when it started, it was pretty late at night when I actually started it. And I knew, I knew that I was not going to watch more than one episode um, because one, I had guests staying with me. So my mom and brother were staying with me and I was like, there's just no way that I'm going to finish or watch more than one episode. But at the time that I started, I was at home by myself because they were with my sister. And so I started it and I kid you not, I got like halfway through. One, I couldn't really pay attention and it was just very, it just seemed very slow moving. And then I was like, okay, we're gonna have to retry this the next day. So I ended up pausing it halfway through and then coming back on Saturday or no. Thursday or no, 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 no. This was Thursday night. <laughs> this was Thursday night where I started and then Friday. Yeah, that explains why I was so late when it came across my feet. You guys, you guys know. This is a good segue to my um, warning. So I am by myself. So there is a tendency that we can hop around. So I mean, we're just gonna, you just have to follow around. Uh, and there are, there's a chance you can be spoiled for something. <laughs> this is a spoiler filled podcast. So, I mean, I try to give you the warning before if it's not related to whatever it is that I'm discussing. And then generally, if this is um, based off of a book, then for sure you're going to be spoiled for the book. So if you plan to read the book, then I would say don't listen. In this case, this is based on a book a book that I have never read, a book that I don't plan to read. And also I didn't really look to see um, what the differences were between the book and the TV show because I didn't really feel like that was necessary. So yeah, I think those are all the warnings for this one specifically. I feel like the warnings are shorter when it's not like Marvel or DC or something like that. But anyway, also the reason why I didn't think it was really that important to look at um, differences between the book and the novel is because the creator of the show is also the author of the book. So, I mean, you can take it however you want to, but um, this is based on the book of the same name by Lauren Oliver, who's also the creator and writer for the show. It is only one book. I did read an interview that she did where she did say she wanted to expand the book into like a series but she was not able to and so she does hope that she is able to explore more of this world in the tv format but we'll get into that later so anyway so thursday friday <laughs> i actually uh watched the whole season so i did go back a little bit on the first episode not always to the beginning but a little bit to where, cause like, you know where you get past the point where you're like, oh, it looks like it's gonna start getting interesting, but then you stop it. So then I did go back a little bit just to like, make sure I had a little bit of context of what was going on. And then literally watched the whole thing <laughs> Friday. <laughs> so yeah, it was a very, very, definitely if you've listened to 
um, my podcast for a while, then this pretty much falls into a lot of the shows that I watch where it's like mystery, adventure, probably some death involved, and like everyone is either like actual teenagers or young adults, because <laughs> you know, <laughs> those are the shows that have the most drama. But yeah, I will say, because I feel like I was going on a rant a little bit a few episodes back or like earlier in the year um, about the amount of sexuality that has been going on with like on these teen shows where these kids are in high school and it's just like to the point where it's like, oh my gosh, so uncomfortable. It's remind me of the Netflix show where they're at the ballet school and they're all in like high school. Can't think of the name of it, but like <laughs> that one for sure put the bar super high where I'm like, I don't ever want to see that type of like intense sexual action with children <laughs> anymore. And I'm still like, people are not complaining about that. But anyway, that's neither here nor there. So I will say they were pretty PG when it came to that, which I very much appreciated. They actually were pretty pretty PG across the board, even with like the violence that could have been involved. I just felt like it wasn't as like in your face and super, um, I just felt like they cut away a lot in this, which is something that I noticed. But you guys know I have notes. Usually when I binge, I take notes. I have notes literally, and it's been a while since I've had notes for every single episode, but I have notes for every single episode, they were mostly just questions that I was asking myself as I was watching. Some of them were answered as the series went on. Uh, some of them were not. <laughs> I have seen some articles, because you know, after a show, they'll be like, oh, questions you have after that finale. And I was reading one of them. I can't remember what side it was on. And I was just like, these are not questions that I had after <laughs> the show was over. I feel like I could answer those questions right now without needing a season two. But anyway, so essentially panic. The whole premise is that we are in this small town. Every year the seniors do like, I don't want to say Game of Thrones, but like a super ridiculous, intense game of fear <laughs> where they essentially do all these things that normal people would be like, oh, you probably shouldn't do that. And it has a high potential for them to die, but they do this all in competition to win some money. Our main character who we're following around is Heather Neal, who when we're introduced to her, she's very much against playing the game. So she's not gonna play the game, but then we are introduced to her mama and I was like, like you, and a lot of this, what happened in the show is very predictable, which you know, I mean, at this point, <laughs> I feel like, at least for me, a lot of things are just super predictable, but this on a level where I think everyone probably was like, oh, her mom's going to, her mom stole her money. So this is why she's going to have to play the game, which is essentially what happens because her mama ain't shit literally like throughout. I think the most, I mean, you see her a tiny, teeny bit of growth with her mom, which is hard to be like, oh, you thought you've seen growth with this grown adult who's literally doing drugs while her child, minor child is home. I mean, they're both minors, but minor, minor child is home. And she's like in the bedroom, like doing coke with her boyfriend. But then she's also like stealing from her child. So, I mean, 
the caliber and the bar is not really that high as far as where her mom is. But you do see a little bit of growth where she was able to let them go because it was like, yeah, you you had them when you were a teenager. But to see them with uh, Anne and to realize that she could provi provide a more stable environment for them and for her to recognize that and be like, okay, I feel like that's a little bit of growth. But anyway, we got super deep into mom, but <laughs> essentially she steals her money and this is why she goes to get into the game. And we also, so again, I told you guys the first episode, wasn't really paying attention, watched half of it and then um, stopped, went back the next day, went, rewinded a little bit, not the whole thing and then kept going. But even in my haze of not really paying attention to the beginning part of episode one, we see Bishop, we see Natalie, we see Heather. Clearly, you can tell Bishop has some types of feelings for Heather. And I could see that not really paying attention and being distracted um, when I was initially watching the first episode. But then along the lines, especially after encouragement from Natalie, Heather all of a sudden has feelings for him as well. This was all up in my notes because then we meet Ray before and again, like we don't, they aren't really, you can tell at least from Bishop in, Bishop's in that he is into Heather and like wants to be more than friends because you're talking about people who live in a small town. So you've known the same people pretty much all your life. Heather, Natalie and Bishop have been friends for a very, very long time. And I'm gonna get into Natalie because Girl, I got so many, <laughs> so many notes about her, but um, we're introduced or, and so we, in the first episode, or is it the first episode? The first interaction that we see between Heather and Ray on screen, I was like, you know when people just have like really great on-screen chemistry where it's just like, it doesn't really matter who else is on the screen like those like those two people just really really work every single time and so when we're first introduced to or not first introduced to him but like when we first see them have an interaction on screen Heather and Ray I'm just like okay and so immediately at least I would think immediately as a viewer you're like okay something's gonna happen down the line between these two and you kind of want it to because you're just like of course he's like you're a cookie cutter I mean cookie cutter is probably not a, a great word to go then say bad boy but of course he's like you're your typical or maybe not so typical um our bad boy character compared to like a bishop who's super like academic and very focused on school and all that other stuff compared to a Dodge who's like the mysterious outsider kind of a little bit, maybe a little bit of bad boy, maybe a little bit of like has his shoes on the right. I don't even know why I don't, you guys, I keep making up <laughs> sayings and things and majority of times it doesn't even make sense. But anyway, so, <laughs> so you have like three very distinct, different type of um, guys happening don't get me wrong, Olivia Welch, who plays Heather Nill, she honestly, and I wrote this out as a note, has really great um, chemistry with a lot of pretty much everyone she's on the screen with. But that like, if you touch it, you might burn yourself type of a chemistry where it's just like really, really like 
like the chemistry that you just feel in your gut when you see like when you watch certain things and you see two people like connect on screen because sometimes it's hard to do sometimes it's not but like between Heather and Ray and Ray was played by Ray Nicholson who is Jack Nicholson's son and I kept looking I'm like why does he look so familiar? Why does he look so familiar? So, of course, you know, I had to Google. And then when I saw that, I was like, oh my gosh, that makes sense. Because he looks exactly like his father. Because I was, when I Googled him and I was looking at the IMDb, I was like, I don't really, I don't think I've seen anything <laughs> that he's been in. Um, but don't call me. I can't remember. I was like, the, like, these are just things that it wouldn't stick out to me. But then when I saw his father was, I was like, oh my gosh, that makes complete total sense but anyway so their chemistry was just like straight out the gate like oh my gosh so then when you take I didn't really want to talk about the chemistry right now but we're just or like the like the romance side of things because like there's so much more that happens in the show <laughs> you guys know that's general gen gen generally oh my gosh why is that a struggle that's generally not um my favorite parts of the tv shows but I think it's so important to discuss it for here because you have her kind of like in a triangle, if you will, and you have her, because when she meets Dodge or whatever, I'm like, oh, they have some chemistry, but then when you see, you also see Dodge with Natalie and you like immediately know Natalie like wants Dodge because it's like she zero, zeroes in on him, so I'm just like, in my head, I'm like please don't let this be some kind of drama because I'm already really not liking Natalie anyway, just based off of how she reacted when Heather. Also, I'm going to really hope that I don't be, that I don't mix up their names because I don't, I mean, IMDb update their website and I'm still trying to figure out if, how I feel about it, <laughs> but it makes it so weird because they stack the actor's name and their character's name on top of each other and so if you just like are quickly looking at it you could flip them <laughs> so there's that like I almost called Heather Olivia which I mean Olivia's actress name but Heather is her character's name but anyway I already didn't like how our Natalie's reaction when Heather first showed up at the cliffs to jump to pretty much be like I am participating in in the games because it was just like a weird reaction to me, especially if they're supposed to be saying like they're best friends. And then when you get further into this, into the season, when she makes that deal with Dodge and I was just like, oh my gosh, she isn't really a shitty friend. And I've discussed friendships before, like on TV shows. And I really much do love like really great or the portrayal of really great friendships on um, screen. I'm, for some reason, love Victor's coming to mind with Victor and his best, or his friend, whose name is escaping me, like how that whole thing all played out, which I talked about in Love Victor season one um, discussion, if you want to go back and listen to it. Season two is coming out soon, so look, look out for that um, episode after it premieres, but either way, so... Yeah, I thought that Natalie was just a shitty friend. And then even when you get even further in, into the season and you find out, like, she was actually... And I think, and usually, not to, to toot my own horn, but I'm pretty good at solving 
mysteries pretty early on in things because a lot of the times it's pretty much like okay I do I read so many mysteries I watch so many like mystery tv shows and stuff like that that after a while you can be like okay you can do you might not get who who the right person is but you can narrow it down to like the top two to three and they're usually are one is in that top two or three that you narrow it down to so I'm pretty good at figuring that out. The whole who's a judge and all the other stuff that was going on during the panic. I mean, I knew that there were people who could be a judge, but I didn't really, it wasn't something I was trying to solve. So by the time they're like, oh, Natalie was a judge or whatever, I was like, oh, <laughs> I was like, oh, that makes sense. I mean, with the, the maps and stuff like that. So it's just like, she's just too super involved into this. Also her, I know we jumped around and we went from discussing the, um, what, what's it called? The relationships to now talking about Natalie, but I, I didn't want to talk about the relationships first. So we're going to circle back to it and we're going to, we're going to stick on Natalie for a little bit because it's going to get us back there. Don't, don't worry, be patient. <laughs> but, um, when we find out what her motivation or like her reason for wanting the money I was just like, compared to everyone else and their reasons for needing the money, hers felt a little weak to me, especially for her to act the way that she was acting. And especially when they had like the individual challenge. By that time, Heather was no longer able to participate in the games. And so when they showed that video of like Natalie talking complete shit about her, I mean, at that point, I had already came to the conclusion that Natalie was a shitty friend, but that was like icing on the cake. And even finding out that Natalie was a judge and then her using that as her reasoning for why she said what she said in the video, I still was like, no, deep down, you give me shitty friend vibes. <laughs> and it was just way too easy for her to be that shitty of a friend <laughs> anyway. And all for like, Cause she made that deal with Dodge. It's like, oh, initially I was doing it just to, you know, get information on him and stuff like that. But then we know like eventually or essentially they end up like getting together or whatever. And like his whole, one, he was a fake senior. <laughs> so he literally repeated school. When I thought when, if you want to talk about dedication, Dodge and his family were dedicated to trying to find justice for his sister, which at the end of the day still sucks because we don't know who hit her with a car because it wasn't Ray's um, brother like they initially thought. And they were all like looped into this whole big scheme of thinking that it was Ray's brother thanks to uh, Sheriff Cortez, which was like that also because he came off... I know this is why this is why we have to jump around because it's just so hard to just talk about one thing because they all just interlock so um it's like you have to jump around but he was always so shady from the beginning and I wrote as a note in here where I was like I feel like something's up with him because he it just seemed like he was like being like super shady and wasn't really being transparent and so usually when someone's not being like fully transparent then that means that they're hiding something which come to find out he was like the whole the whole mystery of everything that was going on between uh what really happened to abby 
and Jimmy, which who were the two seniors who died the previous year and they were playing the game and like straight out the gate, Cortez was like, we're gonna, like, we have to find out who killed them or whatever. And then we come to find out that Jimmy was his son, which makes sense because it's like, he's just super like way into this and how do we really, because my whole thing is like when they were talking about Abby and Jimmy being um, like, or dying the previous year, I was just like, so how are, and, and they were saying that Jimmy passed away or died playing Russian roulette and then Abby died walking blindfolded across the highway. So I was just like, oh my gosh, I'm sorry. There's not enough money in the world for me to walk blindfolded across the highway at all. But anyway, and so when we find out all that, I was just like, how, I'm like, yeah, I get you on justice, but I also don't see how you could blame the kids on it or like try to tie it back on the kids. So when we, when we all come to find out like what all really went down and like it made sense because when, um, what's her name? The female sergeant, Sergeant Christine Langley, <laughs> which I have to say, I feel like she was the only one doing actual real police work. Everyone else was just, was just there. She was actually getting stuff done. Had she not been there, I don't think they would have gotten as far as they got, but, um, I was just like, when we find out and when she's like, well, it has to be, had been someone very personal to her as far as like the notes that Abby was getting and not that many people knew that she was pregnant. So it would have had to been her best friend or Jimmy or Jimmy's parents, but they were like, oh, it doesn't make sense. And I was like, but does it not? And so it was not like, I called like not pretty early but I called pretty quickly that he was the one who was sending her the letters because that makes sense and so then when we're like because Ray kept being like um because he, he kept acting like he didn't really know what was going on with his brother and 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 Jim I was gonna say Jimmy and Cortez is consider is trying to pretty much pin like panic on him and all of the betting that's going on and pin him as the booker, which is how like Dodge and his family gets involved and all that. And so Ray keeps being like throughout the entire like series, even though he doesn't or season, even though he doesn't really seem to know everything that's going on with his brother, he at least is like, well, no, he is like someone is like holding, literally holding him by the balls. Like he is answering to someone. He's not the one running all of this. So when we get closer, I was like, Big Six Cortez is the broker. And he essentially had, because we find out because of the good work, the good police work that um, Sergeant Langley is doing, we find out that um, he's in all this debt because she talks to his wife. And then his wife also was doing was doing some, <laughs> I mean, I feel like the, the older women in, in the show were just like <laughs> getting to the root to the root of everything, but, um, because she was going to kill herself, but then that's how she figured out that Jimmy had killed himself because he was the only one who knew about the gun. And then you, and then there's just see how it all ties in together. Cause essentially you could say Cortell's killed his son because he sent the letters to his son's girlfriend, which got her super paranoid and wanted to quit the game. And then she ends up dying. And then 
his son because like um, Cortez is like rigging the game, betting on it and pretty much trying to make sure his son won so that he could win the money. And then his son ends up killing himself. It's just like, you have no one to blame but yourself. So <laughs> there was that. <laughs> but anyway, so yeah, the women were doing, doing it all. And then to see like their revenge that um, Cortez's wife got on, on him at the end after he is in or after his car veers off in the uh in the joust <laughs> after we find out about the bomb which I was like he was really gonna bomb him like Cortez is a shitty person one he put children in danger with the whole tiger thing I was so upset at that because at first I was like thinking it was still the kids who at the point that we got to the Tigers, you're still kind of like, oh, it's kids running this. But then it's like, what kids do you know? I mean, I guess they could or might. But what kids do you know would put like small children in danger with a tiger that could literally kill them? And then to find out that it was Cortez, it's just like, he is a shitty, shitty person. So, I mean, he got what was coming to him. And I'm glad that it was by the hand of his wife, accompanied by Dodge's mother. Because, like, who he was having an affair with. Like, that should have told you early on how shitty of a person he was. Because he was having an affair with the woman who he had literally lied to about what happened to her daughter. While his wife was also still grieving the loss of their son. Shitty person. So, that's Cortez. I really don't have any, I mean, I'm sure I'll probably say something else, but I really don't have anything else to say about him at this moment. So, anyway, so we talked about Natalie, and we talked about how much of a shitty friend she was, and, I mean, to me, at the end of the day, her actions, regardless of her trying to blame her being a judge, um, to, to validate her actions, she is a shitty friend. So you talked about that. We talked about Cortez, who's a shitty person and essentially being the person pulling the strings throughout this entire thing. Like he essentially killed his own son. He threatened a, a young girl. He put children in danger of being killed by a tiger. He beat up someone, as in Ray's brother, nearly to death. And then also, this was one of the articles where I was reading where it was like, oh, questions you might have after, um, might have that you would want to be answered in season two. And one of them was about who killed little Bill. Well, I'm pretty sure Cortez is the one who <laughs> killed him because he was going to confess something to him about what happened that, or what happened to Abby or something along those lines. And then all of a sudden he ends up dead from an overdose in the basement of that house after the girls had tried to get him, like, to go stay somewhere else. Like, after you find out that Cortez has been behind everything, like, it just makes sense that he would be the one who killed him. And, I mean, if there's someone else who was, like, let me know. Or if someone else you think it is, let me know. But I'm pretty sure that is who it is. Um, so there's that. Let's see. Who else? So, okay, let's go back to the triangle. <laughs> Bishop, Ray, and Heather. So, as I was saying, Heather and Ray have really great on-screen chemistry. Contrast that to Bishop and Heather. And I'm just like, 
there is no way. And it got to the point where I was just like, I feel like you guys are trying to force this Bishop and Heather thing. And it just, after seeing the chemistry between Ray and Heather, and then actually seeing them like actually act on that chemistry. And then to be like, oh, here comes Bishop. I'm sorry, but the, it was just like the on-screen chemistry between Heather and Bishop versus Heather and Ray completely different. So I just was like irritated every single time I saw him on screen. And the more that I saw Bishop, I was getting irritated because one, <laughs> he was just like disrespectful. It was episode six. I literally wrote this as a note. Episode six, dead end. When he was in that car with his daddy, he already be kind of like being sharp with the tongue when he speaks to his father. And his father was asking him about, like, if he was a judge or whatever, all of that stuff, because, like, the police had been poking around the house and whatever. And he had wrote, or pretty much being like, whatever you do, like, has consequences or, like, rolls back up on him or something like that. And then I literally wrote down what, what Bishop said, because this is what got him mollywopped by his daddy. And so he said, not everything's about you. And he mopped the bejesus out of that boy's head. And I was like, oh my gosh, yes. I literally was like hand clap. Because you know, sometimes when you watch some of these things and I'm like growing up when I was a child, if I would have talked to my mom or dad like that, like they would have, they would have yanked me up and I most likely wouldn't have talked to them that way anymore. And now today everyone's super like G, not even PG, super G about everything. If they see anything where a parent hits a child, there's immediately child abuse and all this other stuff. And I mean, there's a difference between child abuse and discipline. Like child abuse is like literal child abuse. And then there is discipline where you need to like discipline your child for being a brat, <laughs> essentially. So just to see that moment where Bishop got disciplined by his father. And I was like, that is so realistic because like sometimes... And I don't even want to go here, but like sometimes even with the with the black kids nowadays on TVs, you're just like, I, I'm sorry, but there's just no logical way. And so to actually see his father be like, <laughs> literally like grab him up real quick, like, wait a minute, I'm still your father. I was like, thank you, because any other time that would not have happened. So I greatly appreciated that. And it felt like a genuine real moment. Because, I'm sorry, even, I just don't, I don't know anyone who will let their kids talk to them the way that some of these kids be talking to these parents on these TV shows. Now that I'm done with that. <laughs> and so, yeah, so, I was just like, please stop forcing Bishop and Heather together. And then we, like, when Bishop showed up at Ray's house and was, like, trying to fight him... <laughs> I was like, oh my gosh, this is ridiculous. Like, Bishop, I'm sorry, but like, no. It's like, no, do you do you not have any male friends who can who you can talk to and they can just be like, hey, dude, I, guess, I don't think that's a good idea. Like, it doesn't even make sense. It's, it was just so weird. So yeah, I was just not a fan of, like, I would prefer Bishop and Heather to be friends, even towards the end when he's like getting ready to go to school and she's like, oh, I'm going to miss you and all this other stuff. I was just like, yeah, I miss you as a friend, but like, y'all are just like, 
it just does not work on that level. And so I was just like the whole time rooting for her to be with Ray, even though Ray wasn't really that great of a person either, but like the chemistry outweighed, <laughs> that sounds so bad, huh? The chemistry outweighed how like not all the way great he was. And also he's one of those characters where it's like, oh, he's perceived as bad in the beginning, but then as you get to learn more about him, they're like trying to make you more sympathetic to his character, which they do a little bit. And I think that's where, um, Heather and Ray were able to connect in a way that also helped with their chemistry on screen or whatever. I don't know. I was just like, I'm sorry. Like, I don't know. They just had really great on-screen chemistry compared to her with Bishop. It was just, it wasn't even on the same, like, playing field. The playing field that Bishop... <laughs> Bishop's chemistry was one was like on the other side of the world. <laughs> I don't know any other way to describe or explain it. But yeah, so what else did I want to talk about? Oh yeah, um, I think overall, I mean, that's pretty much my thoughts on these. Oh, one of the things I did say was these kids don't have actual conversations, which is not surprising. That's usually the case in a lot of these teen shows but especially here because there were so many moments where I was just like Heather talk to Ray I don't understand why you won't talk to Ray like girl if you talk to him maybe y'all could figure some things out or um the moment where Natalie was like oh did you you might want to talk to Ray about what he said and um said and on the bridge or whatever when they had to do like the crossing the crossing challenge, which I was like, I wrote this in episode two. I like, these games are insane. <laughs> like, there is literally no way. Like, I'm surprised no one died this time around because some of these games are just ridiculous. And also, I would not want to be one of the people like in charge of like judge, judging or even coordinating these games because they were just all super, super dangerous. <sighs> but anyway, yeah. What else? Oh, and so let's just, let's just get to the end because, you know, there's nowhere else to go but to, to where we could possibly go. So, <laughs> and we can get into some of my questions that I have. So, we get towards the end. We find out that Heather, they let Heather win and get the money because essentially, even though she had been kicked out of, out of the game multiple times, she essentially was the one who drove the car in the joust and she was essentially the last player standing. So they gave her, they sent her the money. And then we see her like meet with Ray and it's kind of like, and we saw his video, which was like super cute and super sweet. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is like, you guys should be together. <laughs> Even though you probably really shouldn't in real life. I would not suggest you be together but on a TV show. <laughs> you guys should be together. And then like, they have their little moment and then um, we see her talking to I believe she's talking to Natalie on the phone about like getting the money and all that other stuff and she just picked up some food and we see her again in her van or truck and she's driving and then people are following her and there's a voiceover and they start like literally trying to run her off the road or whatever so essentially the game is not over or is it over but it doesn't seem like the game is over and so I think my biggest question coming out of this 
And this is my, really my only big question coming out of this and where I would want to see a possible season two go is who invented the game? How did it start? How do you stop it? I guess that's three questions. <laughs> that's what I want to know. So if we were to get a season two, seeing as the game may not be over, I would want us to get more into the history of the game prior to what happened in the previous year because a lot of what happened this season was around like this current senior class and then also what happened with Abby and Jimmy in the previous year. So if we were to get a season two, one, is the game if the game's not over, then of course that's probably gonna be a huge chunk of what the second season would be, which then to me is like if the game's not over, who's playing? Is it a new class of seniors who are playing? Because it seems like they're still after um, or controlling Heather. So then if that, if it's not, and then this game is always played in the summer. And so I'm assuming summer is over since, you know, people have left for school and all of that. So then if it's not the new seniors who are playing, who is playing? Is there something that happens after your senior year that not everyone is privy to? So just a lot of questions about the game and about the history of the game that I would want to see answered in a potential second season. Um, I don't need Bishop <laughs> in the next season. Uh, I would appreciate, I mean, as far as like diversity in the cast, I mean, it was okay. I think we could be, we could, we could up it a little bit more because if you think about like our main, main cast, like if Bishop doesn't come back, um, and then I'm assuming Natalie is, so Natalie is mixed because our father was black, but we never really see her mother. So I'm just assuming she is, but I could be completely wrong. Bishop, again, a lot of these kids, we only saw one of their parents. <laughs> now that I'm actually think of, thinking about it, but like, I don't think it doesn't need to be like a quote of like, it should be this many black people and this many Asian people and this many um, Hispanic people and all this other stuff. Like, I think it should be a well-balanced, realistic, mixed mix of um, like, ethnicities of like people who cross the, who cross, um, I don't like to say spectrum, but I can't think of another word who cross between like being straight to being, um, someone a part of the LGBTQ community. Like, I think it should be like a really good, healthy mix of people. So if some of these, if we're not going to have everyone come back and we're going to introduce new characters, that is something that I would want them to like keep in mind and continue. Cause like, if we don't have a Bishop, I'm not necessarily saying like, Oh, and then we need to replace Bishop with another black guy. Like, no, but I just want to make sure like we're still continuing to, um, just keep, keep that top of mind and, and making sure which a lot of usually not all, but usually at least the newer shows seem to do a good job of just make sure that there's representation across the board, but just make sure we're keeping that in mind if we're going to be replacing some people in a possible season two. Not to necessarily say that Bishop will be like gone all the way because it's possible because he is at college, so like we could hear from him, he could pop up for a couple of episodes. So I'm just saying, like, should his role be reduced? <laughs> like, just keep that in mind. And he's not the only one who I could see not really having a major um role in the upcoming season, like, if Natalie moves to the West Coast, which is something that she's contemplating, then like, who do we replace her with? I mean, the only people who seem to be staying 
<laughs> where they are is Heather and Ray. So like, if that's the case, who are we going to surround them with? I feel like that went way more longer than I wanted it to <laughs> go. And not necessarily where I wanted to go, but anyway. So that's on that front. Uh, my other question that I love to ask that you guys know I love to, to ask is, do we need a season two? I don't really think we need a season two. I know that, um, like I said at the beginning, the author whose name is Lauren Oliver was saying that she did, she does have like more story to tell and she wanted to tell more story in the book form, but didn't get the opportunity. So she definitely wants to tell more in a TV form. I, I just guess the thing, I, I guess it just depends on what the actual stories are there are left to tell and do they add to the overall story and trajectory or like if we didn't get it, will we be okay? That's usually how I approach these season. Like if we need another season of something. And at this point, if we didn't get a second season, I think I would be okay. I mean, I do have some questions about the history of it or whatever, but I don't think it's enough that I would be like biting my nails, worried, contemplating like, oh my gosh, I wish we had a second season. Versus like, if they could give a solid story for a second season, then I would be like, okay. Versus like an Outer Banks where I'm like, oh, I do want a second season because it was left on such a cliffhanger that what they were working towards trying to get the entire first season, they never got. And it therefore takes them to needing to, well, they didn't really need to. They could have like, <laughs> you know, I'm not going to go there, but it takes them needing to tell additional story for them to get to or reach that additional goal, hopefully. Whereas here, like, I feel like the goal was for Heather to win the money she did and whether the, the game continues I don't think that's enough to be like oh we need a second season it also is going to depend on reception and how many people are watching don't really have those numbers as of yet but like when I look at IMDB and I look at the average rating at the moment it's like 6.2 out of 1.4k people, which to me seems pretty small. Um, also, when I talk about timeline of when we could possibly hear news of if this will be renewed, also not sure. The Wilds, which I talked about and discussed if you watched The Wilds, which is also an Amazon Prime original. Make sure you go and you listen to my discussion on that. But that was renewed for season two, and that was renewed pretty quickly after it premiered like it was renewed after I discussed it and yeah or before I discussed it I can't remember but it was renewed pretty quickly so yeah I don't know I'm trying to see if there's anything else that I want to discuss about this I feel like I discussed a lot oh uh, let me look, do a time check oh my gosh I did discuss a lot I haven't talked this much on an episode in a very long time that just seems super long. But yeah, I think I'll leave it there. Let me know what you guys thought about Panic, what you thought about the characters, the chemistry, since I've spent so much time talking about chemistry. Uh, let me know, and I will talk to you guys in the next episode. That's the end of the episode. Thanks for sticking through it to the end. Be sure to follow me on all the social media platforms at currentlybusy on Instagram and at currentbusy on Twitter. Also, hit the subscribe button on whatever platform you listen to podcasts on, and I'll talk to you in the next one.